What's up, everybody? It's Mark from Dirty Honey, and you're watching CMS TV. Motherfuckers, it is me, Chris Aiken, back with another episode of Chris Aiken Presents, bringing it to you, as always, with that guy right there in the sunny world of California. Very sunny, very bright, Mr. Right. Eric Farantinos. Eric, how are you, brother? Doing great, Chris. Not entirely true on the weather situation. <laughs> I'll tell you here. So we got I a... hear. <laughs> mm -hmm. It's raining today. Um, and the ocean looks scary as hell, man. Susan and I woke up this morning and we have our coffee and look out the sliding door and the tide was like so high. It looked like it was like crashing right on our roof. Like oh, it had wow. that illusion of that. <laughs> if you went to her room, you could get a little bit better vantage point and see that there is like uh, about 10 feet higher of, of rocks now. Right. Like our beach has been destroyed already this year. Like they have to come in with, with um, bulldozers and they dredge the harbor and try to put the sand back every year before summertime, right before all the summer crowds start coming in. But like this time of year, it's just thrashed. You could barely like walk out there with all the rocks. And today it just, it's like dirty water. They don't tell you at first when like the Tijuana rivers, uh, been flooded and there's diarrhea waves yeah, that you just great. have to look for it yourself and see it and then a few days later they'll announce it but it's just like diarrhea waves going every which way and um yeah it's hectic looking out there and and you need a storm like this to even it out right to kind of mellow the <laughs> sand and make it look natural again right no they bring in trucks for that this thing's just <laughs> eating away at the uh beach well, dude, I'll tell you what, when I lived out in central California, out by Monterey and Carmel in that area, um, I used to love to go to the beach when the big storms were coming in. It's real. It, and I know it's scary as shit, but it was it was at the same time. You know, I'm like storm chaser guy. I'm like the guy that whenever mm -hmm. the tornado warnings and shit go off out here, I'm out right. in the front yard looking at it. I'm like, oh, let me see. Let me hope I don't get hit by lightning. But <laughs> The, with the with the ocean and people don't you don't know this until you've lived there you know this when you see a big storm coming in and you see the lightning hitting the ocean and you see it almost looks like there's a curtain way way far away yeah. and it's just coming in and it's really just because it rains what like 10 times harder over the water than it does right. over there's the already land. water there so it's yeah. ominous looking really it is it looks it looks treacherous when you see it and then mm -hmm. when it actually hits it's not as bad but no watching it come in you're like oh my god my house is gonna get knocked over you know <laughs> yeah it's i mean that's the one sketchy thing about living directly on the strand right the, the the furthest point west of the country right there here we are there's nothing really to protect you it's just right <laughs> if there was ever a, a really huge tsunami i guess we'd be screwed you know and i always that's always in the back of my mind but we are pretty far up i mean technically from sea level I, i'd have to find out how 
if there's a way to check that exactly with my phone. Well, you can swim, it doesn't right? look more than 30 feet, huh? You can swim. <laughs> uh, I don't know, man. And I gained oh, some I weight. <laughs> after watching those tsunami things in wherever that was where was that thailand or wherever the, the tsunami right. like 10 years ago or 15 years ago or whatever after seeing that i don't i think if it comes in you're just done aren't you pretty much i mean i haven't seen anything too bad in the u.s i, I saw some videos from florida recently where some people were there watching the storm like you would be and they didn't expect a wave to go as far as it did Knocked and them. it reached the parking lot or whatever right um, you know i think we've on the strand here we've had it to where the water's definitely gone over the beach onto the strand where some of the people that have these little uh they're these little house rentals there's like tiny right. used to be tiny pink houses kind of like the john mellencamp uh song sure. that just kind of went along the strand and they're they're really small and, and vacationers come and rent them i'm not sure exactly how much it is but i know they were having a sandbag that little development there of tiny houses so well, I've seen it worked that. well for new orleans so why not you uh, guys right <laughs> man <laughs> now no, i'm putting the fear of god in you you're like fuck this show i gotta go fucking protect myself <laughs> <laughs> well they're they're beneath sea level right uh, in louisiana so yeah and you guys are up. So bad. right we're up a little bit and you're not even on the first floor in your place either right no that and that would be a benefit that would be yeah. a benefit for sure but it hasn't stopped nightmares that I've had about it. I mean, sure. I always have reoccurring nightmares about massive tidal waves and stuff and right. you know, trying to get the cats out of my apartment and, you know, just stressful dreams. Well, let, let me ask you about your place. And I don't want you to give away where it is or anything, but yeah. is your place one that is like everything is up on poles or is there an actual ground floor that's actually on the ground? No, yeah, there's a ground floor that's on the ground with the beach. So if you're like on the strand and you walk to the sand of the lifeguard station, if you go the other way, there's the street that people can okay. drive right there. And then the building is on the same level. I did hear some of the tenants saying that the building is a little crooked, which would make sense because, you know, when I've tried to like take photos, I have to decide what I'm going to use to as a level right. if i'm like on my balcony and i was to use the balcony to like take the photo and get that way then the water is going to be going up like this okay so i always use water water always finds its level so when i take a photo from the back i'd use the ocean just like if you okay. had a level and you see the little sure. plastic thing with the water in it they use water water is the best way to, to know right and and that's how i take my photos nice. with it but, but that's also how i learned that our building's a little crooked. <laughs> oh, nice. <So. laughs> Very nice, man. Well, dude, you've obviously been busy, or maybe not you, but people around you have been busy. Um, I saw like the um some videos on your on your uh, Facebook page with um kind of the in development as it's developing your new Splawn guitar. Man, looks awesome. Right? How cool is that? Um, he Scott Spawn posted a reel and he used some of the audio from the whiskey show i guess of me right. playing you're in love or something and he's super excited about this so he had he had our audio going and it was the first coat of the guitar which is like going to be a neon green and for the aesthetic that he does he adds a uh he's going to add a black coat i believe on top and then they sand it down 
So you'll see some of the neon green popping out of the black okay. and it should look post-apocalyptic and, you know, I hope nice. it looks awesome. I think it will. It's going to have a, an ebony fretboard and, and these are similar, you know, high performance guitars to a Charvel. They're very similar, just a step up than the ones I was playing. As I said, uh, they put a lot of care into these, but I'm excited that he's doing the reels for it. And I shared that one. Uh, people dug it. Um, this past Thursday, uh, our bass player, Matt, who's the proprietor of MT Studios uh, right. in Burbank, where we've done all our Piercy records, and he's done other bands there like Trapped, uh, mm -hmm. for example. And um, he's he has a great career just as an, a studio engineer. Like, sure. I mean, he doesn't have to come play with us. Okay. He does it because he enjoys it, you know, uh, and it was so cool of him to, to uh, give me a day to roll up there and record my amp tone for the tone x pedal right which uh the oh gosh well i don't have the bag right here but the tone x pedal we've shown a couple times on the show sure. this thing it's it is an amp in a box but uh basically this thing is able to clone a tone that you have and, and make a pro once you have a profile for it, it it can go into a library and people that own the tone x pedal can download different people's amps that they otherwise probably would have never owned before. You okay. know what I mean? How many amps can a kid, a young average uh, American kid afford, you know, right. maybe yeah, one. Well, I remember everybody struggling. Right. Sure. Now when you buy a tone X pedal or whatever for a few hundred bucks, uh, all of a sudden you have a library and there's all these tone profiles in there of pretty much every amp that you could imagine now how well were, were those profiles recorded probably not great there's probably a lot of tones up there that suck and what have you i know there was no splawn amps up there right um so matt offered to me since he's been using this thing he had he had made a profile for his svt cab at home so now regardless of how crappy the svt might be at one of our flyout gigs he has this thing going that's got that he's going into the cab or into the into the uh return i guess of the effects loop of the svt and then he also has a line out he could give them uh as well to the front of house and it's his tone from home and he loved it he thought it sounded awesome and he's like you got to do this so he offered to give me his studio for a day and, and be the engineer and and i put a video of this on my facebook so you have to sure. go and check it out and it's basically me going up to to his studio and matt's studio in burbank show you the studio show you how the process works of uh creating the profile with the tone with the uh tone x pedal and it's really involved like once you see it you're like blah, 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 blah. i have no idea what's <laughs> happening here like i would never be able to do something like that matt is like obviously a total gearhead and and has been working with this type of equipment forever so this is he, he's just like yep and this goes here and you can see this is going into this thing and out here i have no idea really what's going on i'm just sitting there holding the phone going uh-huh uh-huh sounds great okay i didn't even really have to do much playing this thing has like uh, a whole system a whole process that it carries out where it ha has a studio player that plays uh in th through your amp Okay. okay. All of a sudden you'll hear a guitar player playing and it starts doing all these different things. So the amp can learn from itself. And then once it has that, that process actually only takes about five minutes. Then it takes two hours to, for the thing to train itself and go through every possibility. So, so it'll be more real when 
you go to like use the sound you created and bring it somewhere it's it has to do this whole process very time consuming sure we had to do this not once but twice because we had to create he, he uh, did it so we could create two uh profiles one would be the di the direct input which would be for when you just want the head because you're going to be plugging it into a cabinet somewhere and you don't okay. want to have the cabinet that i profiled with the cabinet you're using because that would sound farty so right. this will allow you if you're using it in this, this capacity this would allow you to use my sound if you like in the tone x pedal plug it into the uh, re return of the effects loop on the amp that they're giving you and then it'll use the cabinet that you have there uh when recording at home because you could use it for home applications too um first you have to change from the live setting that this thing uses for when you're playing live uh that's done in the global i learned uh but you would use cab you would then have so we had to do a whole tone x thing for having it with a cabinet and that was another freaking three hours you know what i mean right and driving up to Burbank. And again, it was another rainy day um, on Thursday. It was a ton of rain. It was that was actually sketchy driving up to Matt's house. Like I almost wanted to cancel because our freeways aren't really made for this and they're not they haven't been painted lately. And you couldn't there was like you could not see lanes in the road. You could only drive about 40 miles an hour up there, but uh, it was totally worth it. Go watch the, um, I put about a 20 minute thing. I edited down. Uh, I spared you the six hours that it took <laughs> to, <laughs> right. to get it, but not, not much of me playing. I mean, I was just kind of like grunk, grunk, giving, giving him like uh, just some chords, you know, to, so, for sure. the amp. I wasn't really doing too much in that department, but it's still interesting to watch how much went into getting this tone Two microphones, a Royer, uh, an SM uh, 57, I think, or a 58, uh if it probably yeah 57 um and he captures two mics through it it goes through a reamping process so the sound you get you're getting a legit tone when you go to the tone x library and do the splawn quick rod 2024 that's my amp y'all that you're downloading and you're downloading it from mt studios you'll see matt there i don't know if you can give him a thumbs up or uh subscribe on there you're gonna hear this will give the the uh the pores out there a chance to to hear the splawn amp <laughs> nice I'm, I'm, so, I'm not the poorest everybody any anybody but this is they're affordable like i said too to buy the spawn amp is actually less expensive than buying a new marshall 900 sure. uh, by a good 500 bucks and wow what a better amp too well you had said previously here on the show that you were kind of against using the tonex that you like right. to just plug in and go mm -hmm. now that you've seen seen it done and that you've built a profile and you see how it works or you hear how it works more to the point will you mm -hmm. use the tone x on all the flyout gate gigs for for now i'm going for it and and if and the way this is set up if there is a problem for some reason not much will have to change because what i was excited about is i can use this like it's its own head so i i have my boss pedals i've talked about because i'm old school and i have like a yeah. boss delay and a boss chorus uh in my boss tuner and a, uh what else do i have i have a uh e equalizer uh pedal in my delay uh the delay in the chorus and the eq typically go through the effects loop and not through the front so i thought that that was going to be an issue but since the tone x pedal goes through the effects loop anyway it, it that was perfect so i could just run all my pedals in line i don't have to do the four cable method anymore i could just do do this with basically 
you know, some patch cables for my whatever, but basically one long cable. And then I guess I'll have my wireless. I'll be down to just really uh, one or two cables or something now, which will be okay. great. Uh, and I could just go in and it's going through the loop. So I could still have my little pedal board with my boss pedals. That'll be up front by the microphone for, the, I don't really use that much. I mean, the delay, I keep on pretty much the whole show. I like having a duct little delay for that eighties mm. rock sound. If it's too dry, I mean, if it's too dry, it just doesn't work in rat rat had a kind of a smoother thing going on. Sure. And so I, I, I find that when I just keep a duck delay on kind of quiet, like a, you know, a little bit of a slap just on pretty much the whole show that works for me. And then I just have a, a, a chorus I'll hit if we're doing a, like a back for more intro or uh, some of the wanted man clean parts or something. Sure. Um, I don't really use it all that much. And then if I'm doing a lead, I have a, an EQ pedal that I kind of rig as a volume pedal too. And it, it gives it a little different tone and brings the volume up a bit. So it stands out a little more uh, on stage. So I want to make sure I can still use those, which I totally can. So those will be with me. I'll go into the tone X this time. I'll have a more consistent tone each time I'm using one of these amps. Cause let me tell you, I, I dig the Marshall 900s. I really do. I, I have thought about even buying one just to have, since I've used them so much just for the memories sure. of it, but they're all different, man. Every time I show up they're they've been built at different time periods. There's, there's different ones that have been made that are better than other ones. Some of these have been beat to shit when you're out there. Well, yeah, Some you're of them getting mean, whatever bullshit backline they bring, right? It, yeah, and I'd say half the time it doesn't sound all that great. And, and they're noisy sometimes and stuff. So um, <clears throat> this will enable me to kind of avoid all that. And I should have a pretty monstrous sound every night. Very cool. You man. know, I'm ex and, and the good news, too, is that Matt will be right there to right. help me with it <laughs> <laughs> that's you know the best I mean? news you got attack for it right <laughs> that's right because when you watch this video on my facebook you'll see that he is explaining everything on this pedal that i'm just again just like uh -huh, i'm gonna have to watch this like 10 times to because these buttons on this thing are like multi-purpose you have to like either hold it or push it it does different shit kind of like on an old car stereo sure you have to like multitask the buttons to program the stations or the time or whatever like this is similar that way because they were trying to give you something small that you could that was portable otherwise to have a button for everything you'd have a bigger thing so this has a pretty small footprint the tone x pedals like only so big here and it has a just a small little adapter with it so this is really pretty basic that the hard thing would be getting your tone which the recording process of that is insane right. and that's really what what we show in this video there so go check it out uh facebook slash eric ferentinos i guess hell yeah, yeah well it's and, and dude one of the one of the things that's nice about this and it kind of leads into something i wanted to talk about um to have the ability to do this it now in addition to capturing your sound for steven piercy band or rat if you were to jump into another band if somebody asked you to do something like you did with bow wow wow as an example that right. was a completely different sound tone guitar yep. everything this will enable you to kind of you know just kind of tweak the tone x so that you could just walk right into that gig and sound like you should with with that band as an example that's correct? right well certainly and we did talk about even having me bring my uh fender hot rod deluxe up to matt's there may be some that are in the library already i would assume there would be 
the uh, Fender Hot Rod Deluxe little amp that we that we showed on some previous episodes of Chris Aiken presents. Um, that thing's pretty available and has been for a long time. And uh, the Splons are w- much less known, way less known than the Fender, obviously. Sure, uh, but. To get the best thing, you see how what quality we get out of Matt's studio doing a profile from there. So it would be cool to go up and ha- have him do that amp too, because it has special things it does. Right. Um, also, we have uh, you know the Mahaffey head that uh, Tris Mahaffey uh, let me use, and that thing has a great vintage tone, which on the theme of Chris Aiken presents, it's actually a blend. It's a blend of amps. It's I used the Splawn for me, and since uh, you know Julius wasn't here, he did his vocals separately. But he wasn't here. I did. I tried to emulate his guitar tone, which he had a more vintage tone he was using at the time when we wrote those, right. these songs. Uh, I I went with the Mahaffey amp, which worked perfect. It gave two different sounds. I was able to blend them together. I really didn't do too much uh, with the guitars. I just stacked like four tracks of each with the two amps and left it. Right. <laughs> it sounds, sounds good. So- it sounds pretty good. I could have probably went in there and edited it more, compressed it more, done something, but we were on such a deadline and it was like yeah. right to the last freaking minute. I go, this is it. This is the theme to Chris Aiken presents. To it. <laughs> nice. Uh, well, dude, I wanted to talk a little bit about jumping into uh, another band that's kind of outside of your comfort zone. And okay. you've done this. You've done this with obviously with um, Bow Wow Wow, which as I remember was definitely, you didn't even know their music going in. Right. You know, or you knew I want candy, the same song we all know, but you really didn't know much. And the reason I wanted to talk about this is because another guy that we know is doing the same thing, Joel Holkstra. Right. He just joined Accept. And yeah, that's interesting. That's such a look. Joel's a fantastic player. We know that you're not going to get the gig in White Snake or whatever if you're not a fantastic player. Mm-hmm. But joining a band like Except, that is like, you know, Joel Hoekstra is known for what? Night Ranger and uh, Whitesnake and, uh, you know, those types of bands. Sure. Except is a very different animal, just kind of like you. You're best known for doing Stephen Piercy band. And then you went and did kind of alt pop rock yeah. thing that was totally outside of it. So my question to you is, how difficult is it? Was it for you, and is it probably for Joel? You both can play. There's no doubt about that. But how difficult is it to to play correctly when you haven't been kind of groomed into that style? Well, I mean, in Joel's case, I don't want to say that he'd be dumbing it down. Maybe that's a little harsh to say that he'd have mm-hmm. to simplify himself to play and accept but if i if my recollection of accept didn't really have crazy guitar solos or anything right it was more just Not heavy really metal. yeah it's just straight up traditional metal but it's crunchier i would think i would think a white snake song with the you know a john sykes solo that's right way more way more difficult than I just know balls to the i i know i'm guilty of just knowing balls to the wall i wasn't like very into it didn't uh, speak to me as much when i sure. was younger but i thought it, that song was always really cool though it was pretty heavy that was like very indicative of the time the mm-hmm. just pretty like safe metal heavy metal but uh they probably they're really big in europe is he doing a lot of shows over there no he's going to europe i know he's going to europe he's yeah. 
Uh, according to the article here, he'll be standing in for Phil, whoever, who will remain with the band as their permanent live guitarist for all other gigs other than this European festival. The question, though, is, you know, Joel Holkstra is obviously a bigger name than Phil Shoosh. So right. if, if Joel is, does well, that's a good move for Accept. I'm going to say I didn't know. I don't know how much time he had to learn the catalog, but I think that he knew the catalog beforehand. I'm going to, you know, speculate that he didn't. You know, yeah, or, uh, but uh, that's the hardest thing is just the time it takes to memorize songs. But this, he's been doing this. That's what he does. Mm. You know, he's he's filled in magnificently in every band that he's played in. So, yeah, I have well, no I doubt mean, he'll, you, he'll kill it in this. Well, let's let's just take it back to you for a minute. When mm -hmm. you got the call or you got the hey, you're into Bow Wow Wow. I'm sure they had to send you a set list, which you had to go to YouTube and look up every song on. You know, right? How long did it take you from the day that you got the set list until you felt confident that you could play it from memory? Um, I was nervous, you know, up until the last show. Right. You know, I mean, the first show. Excuse me, the first show. Right, but like I was very nervous to play the first show, even because I was not, you know, I wasn't feeling overly confident because it's weird to do a whole set of songs you've never heard before that's not in sure. the style you're used to doing. Um, it was uncomfortable. Like when I play the heavy metal thing and it's all distorted, you can get away with a lot. To where the um, the bow wow wow thing was more clean guitars and. If you screw something up, you're probably they're probably gonna know, <laughs> notice it. Right. Or even though it was simple, it was more simple in a lot of ways. Um, but I, I just really immersed myself in it. I had to do the same thing when I played in uh, for Earshot, where I wasn't really right. familiar with with altogether with their catalog. But you know, hopefully you have the time. I'm sure Joel, being that he's a professional guy, he doesn't have a day job at Walmart that he's got to be at, you know, or right, something. Right, right. He can sit there and put whatever, however long it takes. 8 12 hours a day like I was doing for those bands you know what I mean it became mm -hmm. like a 12 hour a day crunch like a college student would getting ready for a final exam you know is the best way to describe it right was and you it, just hope you do well do you think it'd be different I, I and I, again I'm spitballing here I don't know I mean I've interviewed Joel but I don't know Joel um I, I know he's talented. I know I know he'll do fine too. You know, I want to be clear on that. Neither one of us is saying we don't think he can do the gig. I mean, he's he's a mega guitar player. He could do the gig. Right. So the question I have though is would it have been harder if it was a band that needed more show as a, like for you the and I, I i'm speaking as a fan that saw you do bow wow wow and has seen you do steven piercy band right it was a different presentation like you were like totally a different player as far as the aesthetics of it sure. with bow wow wow than you are with steven piercy because it was a different gig you know with joel except isn't really that kind of band you know, except right. as hey, there's five guys on the stage and every once in a while they do the synchronized Judas Priest sure. that thing. You know, but 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 other than I that, do surprisingly just... suck at that. I do suck sometimes at doing some stuff like that. Is that I'm not hard? a good dancer? I know Piercy uh, well, does that too, right? Right. We this is the, there's been some funny stuff that's come up with our this lineup of the band where we attempted to do the rat move that, that some of the previous lineups have done and Yeah. Honestly, oh, usually one of us gets it wrong and it looks stupid. <laughs> <laughs> <It's> like, 
<laughs> getting it right. I, I wish How I How do you I, get it wrong? Do you get like off to where one guy's going up and the other's going down or something? Well, I think it, it you know, at the beginning when it was proposed to do it, I don't know. I probably wasn't that thrilled about it anyway, so I wasn't really focusing that much, you know right. what I mean? But uh I was skeptical about doing it, but yeah, I guess it was just trying to interpret or try to remember what it was that the original guys were doing or who was who was studying this thing uh more you know to see exactly what was going on there it was like it was like uh up down up down up down you had to like yeah do something the machine gun thing yeah yeah machine gun uh and the back and that and uh i screwed it up i i mean honestly the guy probably was the guy who screwed it up the most and so i then now steven like he kind of turns his back to the audience and he comes out to me he's like don't you dare try to do it you know he'll yell stuff that don't just and uh i'm like yeah so usually i'll just kind of i'll just kind of if anything just prop my guitar up for a second that's about it because right. i'm just tired of trying to do something like that uh that's hilarious they might do it on the other side <laughs> <laughs> that's funny man yeah. it's funny because that seems like such a you know as a fan just as as a concert goer that does not seem like the move that would be the one that would stump anybody that just seems like a fairly <laughs> i know it's what's pathetic about it but thing you know yeah but, but but you know again i'm not playing the songs either i'm not the one that's up there that has to remember you know you got to play this this way and figure this and at the same time be swinging your guitar in ways that you don't yeah right? who was the who was the uh choreographer from the 80s of don fossey or something uh do you remember Maybe, the name? I don't remember something like name. that. Uh, I was gonna make yeah. a joke, and I was like, I gotta get the guy's name right. Shit, but it's not <laughs> like we have Bob Fosse here to fucking choreograph us. You know what I mean? Right. It's like they do. You know, we're we're backstage, like, okay, let's try this tonight. You know what I mean? And then you're going <laughs> out there. Where I think a lot of the other like '80s bands really take it more serious and like right you know, make pyramids out of themselves and shit. Right. Well, uh, yeah. I mean, Judas Priest even today with the, you know, the andy sneep and richie faulkner they're still doing the they're you know them and ian hill they're still doing it every show but they've right. got it down they've they've done I'm, it every show for 50 years so <laughs> as you know i'm all for stage presence you know Absolutely. what i mean i too get bored like watching tool or some band there's stand there the whole show um but uh uh what was i gonna where was i going with this oh there's some the the, the choreograph stuff though is its own thing and I'm just, I, I've never been really impressed by that. Even when I was younger, like when Warrant, Warrant comes to yeah, mind. Yeah, Warrant when did they, it too, yeah. When they came out, they were really going for that. Like where the down boys go and they would all jump mm -hmm. to their knees and do the move. And I know the girls loved it. Yeah. Let's be in their defense. In their defense, I think the little girls loved that shit. When the, when, you know, just like when boy bands all of a sudden do their, do their moves like there's an audience for it i'm not saying mm -hmm. that it shouldn't be done i'm just saying i i don't want to pretend like that was something i liked you right. know what i mean i i was going to metallica concerts i was watching them just kind of run around and thrash around and have fun and right and um, crazy yeah. yeah that's like the school i'm from you know what i mean so mm -hmm. i get it man well it's it's just interesting i i obviously hope joel does well because he's been a he's been a very good interview and a good you know quasi friend i guess to the show he's oh, yeah. the show numerous times with um with tso and with hulkster mm -hmm. 13 and with uh, he's Lightstick. amazing dude 
he's, he's amazing. I'll tell you that. And uh, you know what? A, what a career he's had. Yeah. Uh, and also with Cher, right? He played. Yeah, like, he was correct? with Cher. Yeah. I watched Night some Ranger. of that, and I was like, Dude. God, what does Cher have him doing? If you go to like, we should pull some. Let's pull up a live Cher thing and let you know that he's in. I don't know if if maybe something. Let me see if I, I don't know what's going to come up quick. on it, but it was pretty awesome to see him up there with her. I think that was a that was a highlight of his career, maybe even. Let's see. Um, we don't have to if it's going to be. A- I got it. I, I it just took me a minute to find. <laughs> it's probably not going to be that riveting, but. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, we're doing this blind. It might suck. Who knows? That's <laughs> not it. That's not it. Let's see. Share That's not screen. it. Ah, uh, YouTube. Here we go. I'll blow that up to full screen. Here we go. Hulkstra was share. I'm hearing some stuff. I hear it. Reminds me of like Jeff Pilson with Foreigner. Right. Like he's too metal for this. <laughs> um, I, I shit. Um, well, no, he's definitely giving it a chug, 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 chug. I, yeah. I don't know if I, if I would have gone that that low endy with it, but uh, but let me tell you, like those are the kind of fun, easy leads I like to do. You know what I mean? Like oh, something yeah. like that, where you could just come up and be showy and not have to really do too crazy of a noodle. Yeah, uh, no, that's cool. I, I mean, know he could do way more than he's just doing right there, but oh, he's. Yeah. he's He's playing for the song. That might even be a solo that was played previously in the, in the band that she wanted to have him play. Yeah, like that. Who it knows? could be, but I mean, he could have definitely started just trying to do sweet picking arpeggios, yeah. or <laughs> he just kept it kind of simple, and and the crowd wouldn't have, wouldn't have known the difference anyway. I have a feeling that if you and this is you know why Joel is Joel. If you do that, you don't get these gigs. That's right. You know, Nuno Betancourt can certainly play a lot more than he does with Rihanna when he plays with Rihanna. That's right. Now, with TSO, he probably does do some of that. Mm, but not as much as he would do with, like, a White Snake. Right. You know, even with TSO, TSO is a very in-the-box type of... I don't know if you've ever seen the TSO show. I, but I've certainly watched some of it. Does, do you have any yeah. footage of him doing TSO? I don't know. Let's see. I don't know why we're making this all about Joel. <laughs> yeah, I don't know Good for him. Good for him. Good for him. Hey, I'm happy for the guy. Let's see. I didn't know we'd be doing that, but me either. I I expected this to be two minutes, but okay, that's fine. Oh, here he is. I like getting the uh, our fans' perspective too. Like, you know, throw us a comment. Let us know what you think. Here's Joel with TSO. 
to the song he's not right he's not playing to his skill level he's playing to the song which again right. but you know I'll, that's and, why and, you, you know, get this gig <laughs> yes know? that you do it i mean he sounds great doing it um those things too though you could easily botch one of those simple notes oh yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. and then all this, <laughs> when you're playing like a ton of notes together people don't notice that shit especially if you're already doing like diminished you know yeah things flat fifth uh, they don't notice a bad note as much, but uh, you're playing something like the Top Gun theme there. You know right. what I mean? <laughs> exactly. That's right. The hardest lead I ever had to do was uh, when I played for D. Snyder, and we had to do the, the lead to uh, We're Not Gonna Take It or something like right. that. And it's just this. But you miss one note on that, and it's like. It's like your solo's going through puberty. And it's so recognizable that if you flub even a little, <laughs> everybody watching is gonna know. That's right. That's right. That's right. Or, or like even like if if like something like happy birthday, you could screw that oh, up. Yeah. Mm. You know what I mean? Just playing something <laughs> dumb like that, where some, right? some other things wouldn't matter as much. That's funny. <laughs> nice. All right, dude. Let's do this. Let's take a break. Let's um regroup a little bit, and while we regroup. Let's uh, turn it over to uh, Mark LaBelle from Dirty Honey. Uh, they have a brand new release called uh, Can't Find the Breaks. I chatted with Mark a couple of weeks ago, um, right before they were getting ready to go out on tour. I'm not sure if they're out on tour yet or not, but they're um, out there. And Mark, who lives by you, had literally just come off the beach 10 minutes before from surfing. So, wow. <laughs> so this is kind of catching Mark in his element, which was fun. But boy, does he swear a lot when he's when he's relaxed, <laughs> which was fun for me. I loved it. You know me. I love that. So let's play that right now. We will uh, play a little bit of Dirty Honey and we will chat with Mark LaBelle and then we will be back with more right here on Chris Aiken Presents. <laughs> It's the limited edition six big set from Eric Ferentino's. Get your autograph set today at ericpix.cmspn.com. $25 includes first class shipping. I drank a float. 